0: Right and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast MBA podcast. My name is Keith. Here alone for a solo interview episode. Chuck and John will be back later in the week as we get you a podcast up for all your holiday travels or your holiday work depending how that happens. I went to Memphis this last weekend. Pretty fun. It was weird Wanting the team to lose, it was easier to cheer against them at home, seeing them in person. I was at the Celtics game, uh, seeing Mark Gasol get on fire. it just it stoked those passions. I'm not used to being a pro tank person; normally not, but obviously for this year, the Grizzlies, it uh, it makes sense. So it was uh, it was awkward. But then, you know, once they lost, I was like, you know what, this was the right this was the right move. So I, I came to peace to it. I guess it's hard transitioning from winning to understanding what is best might be losing. I blame the NBA and their stupid rules. Which reward losing? All right, our interview today, I'm very excited about. Got to talk to a friend of the show, Brent Barry. He was a good guy. Uh, spoke about 2K and Kobe Bryant and some of his worst games. Lots of fun. If you want to support our program and have more fun, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. We put up bonus content there. There's bonus audio for our $5 a month and up crowd. If you join the $3 a month crowd, you can sign up for our Slack chat where we talk about basketball around the clock. John and Chuck are on that. And then we're doing some breakfast videos that everybody gets. So if you just want to have a buck, an extra buck a month you want to support our program with, you can do that at patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. Again, patreon.com slash Fast break, breakfast.
1: Dominoes. Hey, Brent. That was a, that was a joke. I got it. That was a joke. What's up?
0: Nothing. Uh, here, let me read you an intro, and we will start. Very right. nice. My guest today is a commentator and analyst for Turner Sports is 13th in effective field goal percentage all-time in the history of the NBA, is also an NBA podcaster and a return guest, Mr. Brent Berry. Brent, how are you?
1: Thanks for that introduction. I I didn't know that. That's good shooting.
0: Yeah, that is uh, objectively,
1: statistically
0: great. Uh, Have you had breakfast today? What would you have?
1: I did have some breakfast today. I uh, I grabbed myself uh, a little bit of an English muffin with some jam, and uh, grabbed myself a cup of coffee. It wasn't great, but it was coffee.
0: Exactly. It got the job done. Were you stuck up in all the Atlanta travel mess? I'm talking to you on Monday. I was.
1: I, I was. I, I landed around 2 o'clock to uh, what felt like, well, eventually felt like a zombie apocalypse as I got through the Atlanta airport. I landed at 2 to get to work at the studios here at Turner, and I did not get off the plane till around eight fifteen p.m., so it's not great. I sat on the plane for a little while I actually read through some books, which was good. It kind of forced me to entertain myself so I opened up a—I I carry a few books on my iPad so i I can pick and choose and uh I read some uh I read some stuff I was hoping to catch up on and i, I enjoyed that i wrote i i read a little bit of boys uh, among men Jonathan Abram's book oh, yeah. so I was reflecting a little bit on kobe and um yeah, good time well spent.
0: That's great. It seems like you're uh, you're always traveling. You're always on TV. You're always somewhere. Like I see you. I feel like in the Turner Studios, kind of early in the week, and then you're on games. You know, later in the week. Do you have a set work travel schedule during the season?
1: I, I pretend to work really. Um, <laughs> my set schedule for the most part is getting to Atlanta uh, to to do some NBA TV stuff on Sundays and Mondays. And then as the, the calendar year, this year for me, as the calendar year turns over, I'll be out on the road uh, doing some games for TNT. And as the playoffs approach, I'll I'll have some more assignments and, and be out for some series. But in the beginning part of the year, it's, it's kind of nice. I just get to Atlanta for a couple of days a week. The rest of the time, I'm chasing down my two boys and making sure they're doing their homework. One is in high school and the other one's in grade school. And so I got plenty of time at home with them, which works out ideally. Kind of kind of the best thing for me. And um, and then I love going out and doing the games and having a chance to catch up with guys and, and talk to guys about how the season's going. And I'm on the phone constantly sort of talking to, to guys on teams and getting the, maybe some, some inside scoop about where the team might be mentally and, and how things are shaking out. So basketball is on the brain for a good portion of, uh, of eight months during the year, um, and then I, I take the, the summers off besides Summer League to relax and get some surfing in and, and kind of recharge.
0: Yeah, you sounds like you got it good uh, another place you're popping up, like I mentioned, is in my podcast feed. Tell me about the uh, NBA Sound System and how that all came about. Well, that's
1: kind of you. I, at the Sound System, we we started last year, started with Lawrence Scott, who does some incredible work with the Warriors um, uh, and sort of their traveling road show. Uh, he's, he's constantly busy with them. But we're just trying to present some stories and a little bit outside the box. I don't really get too much into the... Uh, into the analysis or or talking about teams and uh, specificity we just we're bopping around trying to talk to entertainers and trying to talk to people around the game that Lawrence may run into on the road or somebody I might run into once it's it's time to go out and call games and throw that up there and and hope some people uh, enjoy some of that content there's so many great things out there that we we figured like we could probably snip and cut and paste something together that uh, maybe some people would enjoy.
0: And there's an overall theme of music? It seems like there's always a musical we, kind of slant.
1: We, we try to do that, yeah. We try to, you know, kind of talk to guys uh, about what it is that they like to listen to, or we try to track down maybe even some artists that are, are basketball fans and and get them on the sound system and, and maybe throw in some tracks if we can from time to time. But, uh, yeah, most of the time maybe having some guys reflect on maybe what they listen to and, and uh, get them to speak about something that... Um, that they'll open up about, you know, how important music is to, to all of us and certainly to players and certainly times of our lives. And, and, uh, they're more than willing to do that. So we always appreciate our guests time as I know you do. And again, it's just about content. You hope that people just, uh, maybe take a little time out of their day and listen to it and enjoy it and, and something positive.
0: Taking the time out of the day is really easy with the sound system podcast because it's really short, Uh, I I actually love that. It's like, uh, you know, it could be like 10 or 12 minutes. I, you know what? I will find time usually for a 10 minute podcast, Uh, a two hour podcast. Uh, I don't know if I can do it.
1: I I know I listen to hardcore history and, uh, you know, I have to get in the mood for that. I have to like, just be, I have to be ready, ready to sit down for six hours and, and, uh, and then go back, uh, through it, you know, the next day to make sure I heard what I heard was, accurate and and that I can carry it forward in a, in a water cooler conversation. But yeah, for us, we want to, I guess we're speaking to our generation and making it quick hitting and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's short and sweet and try to move it along a little bit.
0: Yeah, the, the hardcore history. At least he's like every few months. You know, like he, he, he's dropping six hours every few months. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not subtweeting anyone. But if you're doing two hours every other day, like I can't. What are you kidding? Like I
1: can't. Yeah, that's Dan. Har- <laughs> is it Dan Harlan? I want to credit him, but that, I think uh, it's Dan Harlan. Is that right? I think it's.
0: Car- is it Carlin? Uh,
1: Carlin? Yeah. May, may, maybe. Maybe. Oh, uh, I'd, I'd have to call it up again. But uh, yeah, I, those are unbelievable. I actually got my. I had, we're doing a good promo for him, but I actually I have my son who's in high school. Uh, start listening to it because he's actually studying some of the things that are that are uh, areas and subjects that he covers. And so it's kind of cool. Even his teacher, I hipped his teacher to it and his teacher really has enjoyed uh, diving in on that. But uh, anyway, I, I digress. I digress. I Back would say basketball. that
0: probably I've already now plugged two podcasts, which aren't mine. <laughs> yeah. So <well> uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well uh, I'm talking to you on uh, Kobe Bryant day, sort of. Yeah. He, he's getting his uh, number retired. Two numbers, retired this evening. Like what what's your best Kobe Bryant story as far as your, your playing days going up against him?
1: Oh man, I you know it's so Kobe, right? Two jerseys, it's amazing. Um <laughs> when Kobe first came to LA, uh his representation at the time was Arn Tellum, the the same agent that represented that, that, that I had represent me, which is always weird to say out of your mouth. It's like a weird uh-huh. like what I had somebody representing me. Anyway, so um yeah, when Kobe signed with, with uh, Arn uh, and Arn's relationship with, at the time, Sonny Vaccaro, because uh, Kobe was going to come in and be an Adidas uh, guy, I was uh, in the office the first day that Kobe came in. Oh. Heard about him, talked about him, Philly guy. Arn was a Philly guy, Sonny knowing him well. And so on the first day that he came into the office, we sort of struck up a, a relationship and a conversation at that time. And um, I've always been fascinated by Kobe uh, in so many ways. I've always uh, been a fan of Kobe's. I've always thought about, could I play with Kobe? Would I enjoy that experience? I I know that I would be able to play with him. Would I enjoy it? Um, How challenging would that be? Uh, Could I have helped other guys maybe not make it so challenging for them? Um, and speak the language that Kobe's speaking to them, and translate it to him in ways that maybe was a little less abusive at times. <laughs> I've gone through those conversations many times, um, and then had a chance to obviously play most all of my career uh, against Kobe, uh, whether I was you know in, in the starting lineup or whether I was playing off uh, a team's bench, whatever kind of contributions I was making. You know, we were matched up uh, quite a bit. I think we played thirty five games against one another in the, in the regular season, I looked it up to make sure. Oh, and, uh, I, I enjoyed competing against him. I enjoyed, um, the way that Kobe raised the level of attention to his opponents, uh, individually, uh, the teams that faced him, the, the league as a whole, uh, the reinventing of himself several times through his career uh, he's been so polarizing for the Laker franchise. He's been so polarizing for the league, being part of some of the Lakers' greatest moments in their history. And quite frankly, some of the lowest lows that the Lakers have ever been a part of. Um, and yet, the guy has just been laser focused on what, what Kobe Bryant needs and what Kobe needs to do. And, uh, much like in, in the way in a cheesy cliche way that I will say Frank Sinatra did it his way. (laughs) There's no doubt that Kobe did it his way. And, um, on the day we're talking, as you, as you mentioned, two, two numbers will be retired in his honor. Um, in one of the most historic franchises that the league has ever seen. And that's going to be really, really special tonight.
0: Do you happen to know of those 35 regular season matchups, what your uh, record was?
1: I, I do know it. I, he won eighteen, and I won seventeen. Oh. but I don't say. Actually, that's the wrong way to say. It. No, you said it Kobe, perfectly. No, no, no
0: adjustments needed.
1: No, no. Kobe won eighteen. The team I was on won seventeen. <laughs> I, won't, I won't throw myself even. I'm closer. going
0: to edit that part out.
1: Yeah, uh, you had. A,
0: <laughs> you had. A, you also had two jerseys, seventeen and thirty-one. How how did you pick those uh, numbers?
1: Well, thirty one was really my number. I wore that all through high school, all through my college years, my first few years in the league with the Clippers. Uh and then when I got to San Antonio at the time, uh seventeen was who was wearing who was wearing thirty one? Malik Rose was wearing thirty one. Okay. Yeah. When I joined the Spurs. And so there was no chance for me to get it. So the next number in, in my head was to pay homage to really my one of my biggest mentors and really treat him like a big brother. He's treated me like his son at times is Chris Mullen. So that's the reason that, that I wore 17 and chose to wear uh, that number uh, for the rest of the time that I, I played in the league. My brother, John did the same thing at one point, And I think Mike Dunleavy did the same thing at one point, all sort of uh, as, uh, as a, as uh, a, like I said, an, an homage to, to Chris Mullen. So that's, that's why the switch.
0: That's really nice. I, I didn't. I did. I did not know that. Um, another place you're popping up. I bought NBA 2K for the first time in like 12 years this season, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you're in the game doing your the, the color commentary. Yeah. What what was the process of, of recording that? Like, how long did that take? And are, are you watching people play the game, or are you re- are you reading stuff? Yeah.
1: No, it's a, it's really a fascinating uh, process to, to to do the work for for the 2K people who do. Really, I think it, I, if you talk about a depth of a sport game. Uh, you know, I know for years the, the, the Madden franchise has dominated things, but the 2K basketball game just dominates in every way, in my opinion. And uh, they've got such an incredible group of uh, of in- engineers and coders and um, animators. This is fascinating stuff. So when you go to do – and I've done, I guess, about 70 hours of work for, okay. for that game over the course of the last two years. This was the second year that I was involved in the game and, and got to um, – got to contribute in, in a small way. But uh, you sit, really, it's weird. You sit in front of a, a TV monitor and there's no gameplay. There's no video action going on. All that happens are these uh, audio cues from either, most of the time it's Kevin Harlan's voice that I hear uh, inside a headset. And then Greg Anthony is the other guy that I hear mostly from. And then there's these sort of uh, buzzwords on the right-hand side or some sort of dialogue on the right-hand side of this television screen. And um, I usually don't say anything or much of anything that's written on the screen, but I just kind of scan it quickly and then just speak to what it is that I'm hearing from Kevin. And you just sit and do that for for, for hours on end, uh, try to keep your energy levels going and try to keep your voice from, from getting too hoarse. But uh, yeah, that's kind of it. And then amazingly enough, they stitch all these things together through some some algorithms. And as the gameplay is going on and they they select from, you know, tens or hundreds of different things that they could pull out during gameplay while you're hitting buttons and smashing things and drilling threes and and pulling off game winners. And that's what you end up hearing. It's really, really kind of a remarkable process.
0: So there's just a television that, like, prompts you. Is it giving you player names? It's like Kimball Walker hits a three. It's just nothing? No.
1: No, I'll hear Kevin Harlan say something like, uh, you know, let's just take, for example, uh, the Warriors. So say something like, and Steph Curry now nine for 10. Mm -hmm. And that's the only cue. Uh, where I'll just riff off of, yeah, you know, Steph's really feeling it, something really generic like that. (laughs) And then sometimes Kevin Harlan's voice will say something along the lines of more storytelling where, let's just go to Boston, for example, we'll say, well, uh, Brent, Al Horford this year really providing Boston with some stability at the big position. And then I'll go off on something that Al is doing or maybe a little bit about his career. And there might be a hint of that on the screen for me to say, maybe some career – highlights or something but I'll just more or less speak on Al Horford the way that I would you right. know the way the way that I know him as a player and that I think brings the most authentic uh stuff to the game and material to the game which is why I say the 2K guys are just remarkable in that way Doris Burke is on there and David Aldridge is on there and Webb is on there and it's just it's a great cast that they put together but the authenticity of the game really shines through and what it is they allow each of the people who are involved at least with the voice stuff uh, to do it however they want to do it that's cool
0: as far as the authenticity do you have the freedom to make mistakes because oh, yeah. in, 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 uh, in NBA live, an old NBA live game, whenever page Stoyakovic hit a three, the announcer would yell Stoyankovic, And that cracked me and my roommate up. That was like our favorite part of, of one of the old NBA live games.
1: I, I like that. Um, but they, the normally what, they'll, normally what they'll do is during the recording session. I mean, if you're there for three hours, you're, you're going to, you know, a, you're going to screw up B, you're going to start losing a little bit of pep. Uh, but most Most of the time what happens is the audio engineer who's back there just, after you say a line, just pushing a button to log it, Mm -hmm. he's kind of falling asleep. You know, he might as well (laughs) be be playing Candy So He's falling asleep. So I'll try to occasionally slip in things to see if he's heard what I've said Uh or... I may curse a few times to get his attention back to what to what it is we're doing. Um, sometimes I'll joke directly back to Kevin Harlan, who's nowhere to be found. It's just his voice. So I'll say something back to the prompt of what Kevin Harlan said. Um, and I think sometimes they slip those in. Most of the time they cut them and put them aside and make this little reel of all the screw-ups that go on, which is actually fairly hysterical. I'd like to get that content <laughs> And maybe push it out. Um, they
0: can at least sell yeah, it. They,
1: they try to make it as clean as you know, make it as clean as they can.
0: Yeah. Um, over the summer, there were reports that you were being considered for the GM job of the Hawks. Is a front office job something that you're you're looking to do?
1: It is something that um, I'm hoping to do. Um, you know, I've kind of looked at at things since uh, retiring 2009 as as a little bit of a. A break from basketball in a way that allowed me some time to to, to be with my boys and take the, the pre- make sure that the priority is in order um, of of gming the home first mm-hmm. and and then thinking about a job within the league. But that that time is getting closer and closer. I was really flattered by the Hawks' uh, gestures last year in, in reaching out and engaging in my interest in possibly becoming the general manager. They have a great ownership group with Tony Ressler. and uh, of course I know Mike Budenholzer is the head coach and there would have been some uh, some really nice connectivity there but um, you know after some some early conversations and things they moved on and ended up hiring Travis Schlink away from the Golden State Warriors and and good for them but going through a little bit of that process and talking with them was great and i I have a bit of a time frame that i'm I'm looking at, and it's getting closer and closer. so I'm, I'm really excited about that opportunity and have had some great conversations with, uh, with, with many people on many levels around the league that I, I think are have been advantageous to me, and um, I, I think ultimately will will help me get a position that that I'm really excited about uh, taking on and, and trying to trying to do that, put a team together.
0: Well, I'm definitely pulling for you because, as far as I know, no other NBA podcaster has ever been hired as an NBA GM. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think maybe you're opening some doors. You you know, you (laughs) could open some doors, and uh, that that would be a good trailblazer. All right. Hey, last thing, uh, if you're up for it, uh, we have a thing on our show uh, called the Game of Scones, which actually predates the Starters' Game of Bones, I would like to point
1: out. Wow. Good. But anyway— Kudos to you.
0: We also have a thing uh, which celebrates kind of the uh, you know, negative side of basketball, as in poor performances. And I, I know you're at least somewhat aware that we do things a little bit backwards at Fast Break Breakfast, but we give out each week the International Stackhouse of Pancakes Award for yeah. the worst love shooting it. performance. Uh, so we've already pointed out, you know, you're historically one of the greatest shooters ever.
1: You uh, but you got to have both. You can't be you yeah. can't be a great shooter and, and and then have not have the bad days to fight through. So Exactly.
0: So since I've had you of those. since you knew your record against Kobe Bryant, I'm going to ask you some questions about some of your perhaps worst games in a Game of Scones, iShop Game of Bones edition.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. e- All easy right.
0: easy warm up. Do you, do you remember or do you know what is your career with, high? With
1: the bre- this is this is the uh, the breakfast version of Humble Pie. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, Thank I you. Like Very
0: on brand. Uh, yeah. Do you remember what's your high, what's your career high in turnovers in a game?
1: Oh, I d- I'm gonna guess seven.
0: Oh, so you got off easy. Six, four times. You oh, okay. Did. I, Only I six. Done,
1: I should have done worse.
0: Okay. Uh, your next. Your Wait, next.
1: I, I wonder. I wonder yeah. what team that was with. Do you well, do you have that?
0: I do. I had it pulled up. I've got more in-depth. Let's dive into this next game. I'll I'll, I'll tell you the specifics of this. All right, so technically winning is all that matters, and your team did win, but on on basketball reference, your worst game score was a game where you went scoreless and also impressively fouled out. Mm. Do you remember the opponent and the season?
1: Scoreless and fouled out. Yeah. The Jazz?
0: No. I'll give you a hint. You came off the bench. It was early in your career.
1: Scoreless and fouled out. That doesn't sound like a really fun game. <laughs> um, road game? It Boston. Was a, Boston. No,
0: it was a home game. Uh, oh. January, no, December 3rd, 1996, against wow. the Charlotte Hornets. You were over wow. 7 with six fouls, no points, and a win. Uh, All right. Good.
1: Well, good. Do you have any assists?
0: Uh, you had two assists. One okay, rebound, well, two assists, something. one steal, one turnover.
1: Do you uh, like the fact that I'm guessing other games. This is how this is how many bad games no, I had. Is, I'm this, guessing this other is, opponents where I might have really sucked. This
0: was also the game uh, that you took the most attempts without making a shot, being 0 for 7.
1: All great. right. Well, next, the, look at <laughs> that. I mean, that's not, it's not enough. I should have kept trying.
0: The next game you might like to forget, uh, your worst shooting performance in a game where you actually made one shot. You were 1 for 10. Do you remember the opponent and the year?
1: One for 10. Mm, can you give me the year? Maybe I'd be able to help was, with the opponent. It was
0: 1997, December of 1997.
1: Seven, so the next year, one for 10. Yep. Was it Was it in Boston? i <laughs> I, I, I got to find it. this
0: Boston game you're thinking about. Yeah,
1: because I, I remember just having a really crappy game in Boston. I'm like... One of these games has got to be Boston. It's uh, uh it,
0: it's it, it's 90, not. Bo- I'm going to find you this Boston right, game. Then.
1: Ninety-seven. One of ten. Uh, no clue. Uh,
0: your opponent was your friend Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I feel better <laughs> about that. At least it was the '97 Bulls where I really had a, I really pooped the bed. One <laughs> of ten against MJ. Yeah. I'm a
0: man. I I gotta find this Boston game. It's not in your most misses. All right, there was a right. three for twelve against Boston on April fourth of nineteen ninety seven.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
0: There's also a three for eleven in two thousand three. That's coming off the bench for yeah. the for the Sonics. That's no that's no big deal. All right, finally, uh, this isn't that bad one. Do you remember what's the most number of shots you ever took in a game?
1: I, I think only fourteen or fifteen, maybe.
0: No, no, much higher. You, really? you you had a couple of games where you run fire. Where you took fourteen or fifteen yeah. against the uh, against the Dallas Mavericks in nineteen ninety eight. You were nine for twenty. Not terrible.
1: Oh, oh I got a twenty you got, you in got, there. You got, That's you got, good. Twenty shots. I, I, I you know you you're reminding me. You're kind of uh, sparking some interest in in what it would have been like in in thinking about playing in today's game, where you know you could find an early three pointer. You weren't reserved to. Come down and explore the post ups and you had to you know maybe play through the possession a little bit that uh you know how many more games of double figure shot attempts it would have been a lot more would have been a lot more fun there might have been a few more statistical uh spectacular performances had the rains been off a bit, so I do get a little bit envious of the guys that are oh, yeah. are Coming into the league and playing the way that they get to play now, it's it appeals to me so much more. I really enjoy watching it. It just appeals to the way that I, I kind of wish I'd gotten a chance to play for a little bit. <laughs>
0: well, if you were on the Rockets nowadays, like Eric Gordon can go four for 13 from three, and it's no big deal. You're like That's that's his job. Yeah.
1: He's doing his job. Well, I, I think the thing about that, though, is the fact of the matter is that the next game is you're going to get it again. It, oh, these yeah. weren't anomalies. You didn't have all, all of a sudden uh, it's a 12 or 14 field goal night because i i mean i really shot most of the time like six seven eight shots a game and that puts pressure on you to you know choose the right shot be efficient with your shooting in order to make contributions at least in the scoring category but to know that night after night you 12 to 14 looks and maybe seven or eight of them are going to come from the three point line that to me is uh that that to me sounds very very inviting
0: yeah that's the dream. Well, Brent, thanks so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk pretend with me. Pretend
1: busy. Pretend pre- pre- busy. Pretend schedule. busy. Yeah, uh,
0: exactly. uh, l- last thing, I know you like to wear like the jeans and T-shirt kind of casual look a lot. What is the appropriate number of NBA novelty T-shirts to own? Because I got mm-hmm. a lot, and I'm not sure uh, when I'm supposed to start uh, throwing them away.
1: Man, I, I can't. Cu- I'm, I'm so off the scale with that most every shirt I have in my drawers is some kind of silly basketball reference or a picture of something I, or it's an Ames brothers t-shirt because being up in Seattle with those guys, they, they, they make some pretty cool stuff. Um, so I don't know. I've got at least 40 basketball related t-shirts. It's way overboard. Yeah. That's but true. I think ten, ten 10 to 12 is fair. Okay. Ten to twelve. That should get you through a month, ten to twelve.
0: Right. But then you get the yeah. good ones and you're like, Well I don't want to throw away this other one. This one's still funny and I've yeah. worn this one. This one's now comfortable. This one's more comfortable now and I don't it's hard.
1: Yeah, and the other part is I'm I'm really thinking about as I said, my, my son's in high school, I'm really thinking about oh, yeah. man, when he's twenty five, I, I got a lot of shirts that I've just worn one or two times. I'm putting these away. <laughs> and when and these will be these will be so cool for him to have in about ten years. Right. Like, I could wear them now, but, man, if he sports these when he's 25, 27, 30, man, that will be a good time. That's
0: pretty good. My son's only three. I don't know if I can hold on to these T-shirts. until. Eh, you
1: can, I think you can. <laughs> right. throw, a few, throw a few aside.
0: All right, great. Uh, thanks, Brent. Anything you want to plug or uh, point people to or do your uh, Sound System podcast or uh, anything?
1: Not, not at all just uh i'm i'm really stoked to be doing what i'm doing uh, i have a great time getting out and covering the league and and happy to you know share and talk hoops anytime so thanks for having me back on i enjoy the breakfast all
0: right you got it brent see you
1: bye
0: thanks again to the gentleman scholar brent barry what a great guest you can follow him on twitter at barrya three which again is a joke I didn't get until I said it out loud the first time. I wouldn't be opposed to him being GM of the Grizzlies. I felt awkward about bringing that up. I didn't know if you're supposed to suggest a job where someone already has a job. Of course, then my my worry would be he would be all for the Grizzlies moving to Seattle. so That would be bad, too. Anyway, thanks to Brent Berry. If you want more of our program, you can get that at patreon.com slash Break breakfast we've started posting a few more things there john has started a which coach is on the hot seat article uh and his writing is very funny much like his talking frenzied with uh often no filter so it's really fun the fizzdale five premiered last week he's going to keep posting those for just one dollar a month you can get access to that at patreon.com slash fast breakfast you can follow me on Twitter at Fast break break. Like us on Facebook. Go to the stepback.com for all your NBA news. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing.
1: Yeah, never apologize for being GNG. Fast Break Break, man. You understand?